For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 117. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? I am feeling accomplished. Oh. I changed the battery on my car. Hey, look at you. All right. I can change tires now. I can change brake pads. I can change rotors, a battery. So when are you opening up your own mechanic shop? Tomorrow, and I will charge $150 per second, because apparently that's what you need to do if you're a mechanic. More or less. That sounds about right. No. I, I, to anyone who's a mechanic, what you do is, it baffles me. Like, I, I don't know anything about cars, so I had to, like, do 15 hours of YouTube research just to make sure I was able to change my, my battery, which you're probably scoffing because that's an easy thing to do, but, oh, man, it was still a ridiculous thing to do for me, because there's those radial buttons, apparently. So when I pulled it out, I was like, I don't have radial buttons. Did I get the wrong one? Oh, my God. What is going on here? I did it right on Canadian Tire, I thought. Oh. But apparently, it's just I got the non-serviceable one, whereas the one I had, <clears throat> excuse me, had was serviceable. And so I freaked out because of that. Okay. See, I would have no idea the difference between the two. So I, I'm, I'm right there with you, buddy. Don't worry. Thank God for YouTube. My God. Like, how would I do any of this stuff without YouTube? I know. How could anyone function before YouTube? I, I look up tutorials on YouTube about literally anything, like cooking. Yeah. Like, like literally anything. I know, right? Like, I, I, I didn't have to, but I, we ran, ran out of muffins. My kids eat these, like, cupcake muffins every day. So I, mm-hmm. I made some. And I, the bananas were not ripe enough, uh, according to me, but apparently they were. My wife's like, mm, they're good enough. Anyways, and I went and I was going, I know the recipe with bananas, but I don't know the recipe without bananas. How do you make muffins without bananas? I don't know. I have no idea. And then I'm going, how did anyone make banana- like muffins without bananas? I don't understand how any of this works. So I had to do like 15 minutes of research and then read like someone's stupid life story before she gave me the uh, gosh that's darn the recipe. Worst, I know. You got to get through like 20 paragraphs of someone's life. Yeah, grandma making soul cleansing cookies. I'm sure they were, Karen. I'm sure they were, but I just need to know how many cups of sugar, please. Oh, uh, that poor woman. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So they're good. They're they're the bomb diggity. So like, good job, Karen. It was a good recipe. All right. For me, I was working late, so I just got in. And obviously, we were recording this on a Thursday. Normally, we record on Wednesday, but the Islanders played yesterday. So we had to push it back a day. So sorry for the delay. Hope you guys understand. But we're excited to talk some New York Islanders hockey with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, that's what happens when they play. That would have been three podcasts for us. So it would have been recording the post game and then the regular one. And then, oh, then we'd be up till like 2 a.m. and. That's not that's not happening. No, it isn't. So we're going to push it back, unfortunately. But with that, Mitch, do you have an addition for us for 117? Yes, we're running out soon. I already have uh, an, another gimmick to go for Ooh. when we run out of these ones. So okay. thank you, Piper. We're getting to the end. Um, again, what anything, every, every show above 100, we took a corresponding draft and picked a player from that draft and made an addition about that player. So it's the... 117th episode so we're taking the 2017 draft and we're picking a player from that draft and we're dedicating this podcast to them and the player in question this time is Robin Sallow okay you remember him I was I I thought I might throw you a bone this time but okay I I think I'm confident that I, I could do pretty well okay perfect so the Islanders drafted him in 2017. We'll get more on him at the end, when uh, just before our social segment, and we'll I'll ask you three. I think I may have had three, if not four. Three. 
I change them up just a little bit. Three questions for you on Robin Sallow to test your knowledge on on your boy. All right. So, Mitch, let's start by briefly talking about the games where if you want more in-depth breakdowns on each one of these Islander games, you can go to patreon.com slash eyes on aisles where we do a full 25, 30 minute post game show. It's pretty in depth. We go over winners and losers. We go over the box score, how the goals were scored, and everything in between, throwing our fun commentary. And it's a really good listen. Five bucks a month on patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. But yesterday, the reason why we didn't record, the New York Islanders again beat John Tavares, Mitch. Are we surprised? No, absolutely not. Especially because of the way both teams have been playing. Right, like the Islanders on at that point were on a twelve game point streak, now at thirteen. And the, the Maple Leafs were like floundering around in existential crisis, like, who are we? <laughs> Do I have to go to Europe and find myself? I don't know. They don't know what they're doing. They hate their coach. Their GM is giving Cody Cece like forty minutes of ice time a night. I guess the GM doesn't give him that. Sorry. The coach is giving him forty minutes of ice time. And the, the GM now coming out like he has good underlying numbers. Let me adjust my nerd glasses. What a spin zone. I I don't know how you're justifying playing Cody Cece for 25 minutes a night, but... Objectively, the worst defenseman in the league. I'm sure he's a great guy, uh, fun guy to be around, maybe even a great locker room guy. No idea why they play him 25 minutes a night. Apparently, according to Kyle Dubas, he has great underlying numbers. I don't know what those underlying numbers are, but apparently they're great. Okay, I don't watch them enough to give you an educated answer but based on what i've seen it does not look like someone who should play 20 plus minutes like we said no exactly and toronto maple Leafs fans are ripping their hair out because of it hate Hate to to see see it it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we're the same person Uh, this is too much i love when i can get into like my bill simmons cackle it's great (laughs) uh so unfortunately mitch the islanders win streak came to an end but they were able to pick up a point against Pittsburgh, and they obviously won against Florida. So still a pretty productive week for the New York Islanders, a week in review here, no? One really bad period. That was the Islanders' week. One really bad period. Yeah, they had the, the second period against Toronto wasn't great. They still scored because Barry Trotz turned it around. But that, that third period against Pittsburgh was the worst period they played all weekend or all week, and that was it. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point because exactly like you said, they they had a lead in that game. They blew a three-goal lead, and they just did not play well. No, which, you know, it happens. They're, like you said, or brought up in an article, they're 48 before this game. They were 48-2-2. and They've won 48 out of 52 games uh, when they've, they've scored at least three goals or more. So when they scored three, you're like, we're probably going to win this with a 99% chance that we win this game. And, of course, the 1% thing happened. Which will also happen in a, this is, they're going for their 11th win in a row. Like, that happens. Like, they're, they're going to poop the bed at some point, and they did. They bounced back. That was the important part, is them bouncing back after a terrible period. Yeah, and they were able to get two wins in a row after that, like we said. And the thing, too, that you kind of take a positive out of it, even though, like, yes, the streak came to an end, but they're still able to get a point out of it. Like, like bad scenario. Obviously, you don't want to blow a three goal lead. You don't want to, you know, blow a game like that. It was still ugly and frustrating in the moment. But when you take a step back and look at it, you're like, oh my god, wait, this team, like, yeah, their streak is over, but they still somehow picked up a point after an ultimate meltdown in the third period. Exactly. Exactly. They're still able to get a point out of this. So they're forty two. Sorry, forty eight two and three now. <laughs> oh, and scoring three goals or more. Yeah. That's still a really good record. That's a really good record. I loved uh, Barry Trotz after the game saying, it's not going to be a trend. That was, oh, God. Can he just coach me through my life, please? He needs to coach me. I'm struggling over here, Mitch. This is not, we're not doing too hot over here in the O'Leary household. I need Barry Trotz to just, he needs to make every decision for me because everything I'm doing is obviously not working out very good. So I just need Barry Trotz to say, this is what you're going to do and it's not going to be a trend. And I'm just going to sit there and shake my head and say, I love you, you beautiful bald man. (laughs) Every time I make a typo, say right there, uh, it's not going to be a trend. Okay, Barry. Yes, Barry. No, no, but it is because that's why we have spell check. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God for that. Because even then, they squeak by. 
Oh, boy. But I think that's going to do it for our conversation on the games. Like we said, you can catch more in-depth breakdowns on each individual game on the Patreon, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. Mitch, breaking news today, the Islanders waived Andrew Ladd. Yay, I guess. I, I thought I saw a lot of rejoicing. and It's not that I'm upset about it. It's just kind of, why are we so happy? Um... I just think the reason why I was, I don't know if happy is the right word, but I like that they utilize this option because Ah, I don't think that, well, one, I was surprised that they utilized this option. And two, the past regime definitely would not have used this option because they don't, they being Lou Lamarillo and Barry Trotz, they don't have the connection to Andrew Ladd. They did not give him that monstrosity of a contract, right? That's true. They look, and and yes, the $5.5 million cap hit, not good. But it doesn't really matter to them what the past GM did. So theoretically, they can look at him and say, he's not ready to play yet. I mean, he he looked, he scored finally scored a goal at the AHL, but he probably needs more time. He's not 100% healthy, and we have better options. We're going to waive him and dare someone to pick up that contract. Okay, I, I'm glad you put it that way, because I was worried that we were happy that he's gone. And it's not. He's not gone. He's just, it's essentially an underglorified or non glorified. I don't know what the term I'm looking for here, but it's, it's, they're just putting on another conditioning stint, but this is the the one that they can use through the CBA. Because a conditioning stint can only last two weeks. Right. Right. Like they can send him to the, to the AHL for a conditioning stint without having to go through waivers for two weeks max. Outside of that, Gary Bedman can come in and say, like, I don't like what you're doing, and then do something about it. So my question is, why did they start this conditioning stint when they did? Because it seemed like the timetable was late November, and they started him, what, at the end of October? I don't know why they did it that way, but maybe he was ready, and they thought, all right, well, doctors are giving you the clearance. You seem perfectly fine. Like, let's give you a shot, but let's give you a shot with a conditioning stint. They did so, and they're going, ah, man, you're probably not perfect yet. Like, they're taking as much time as they can, Um because the, the the guys missed what he played twenty six games last year and seventy three before that, he needs some time to get himself right so that he could be the player the best player he can be because we could use it obviously anyone could um, we, we we could get some value out of that five point five million dollar contract at, at some point um, so they're they're just doing their due diligence in terms of management which is I'm glad that the, you phrase it the way you did something that we didn't have with this previous uh, uh, management Regime. group. Just yeah. wasn't there. It was well. We have these these options and tools for the CBA, but are we going to use them? No, we're smarter than that. We'll just play him. No, use it. What do you have to lose? No one's going to claim him. Right. No one's going to claim that five point five million dollar cap it. Or even if you said like, oh man, like we we jumped the gun. He's not ready. We'll put him on the scratch pad. Well, that doesn't do him any good either. And that takes up a roster spot. At least what they're doing makes sense. And uh, did I jump the gun a little bit with my take? Maybe a little bit online, but I. It seemed like no no one believed that he would ever get waived, and he did. He did, mm-hmm. and I'm glad that Lou Lamarillo did it. And I understand that he's most likely not going to spend the rest of the year in Bridgeport, or someone's not going to pick him up. But the fact that they were able to use that, I like that they did. And I don't know. To me, I just didn't like that. It was like, oh, that's never going to happen. So that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, that's fair. No, it, it could absolutely happen, and it did. Uh, and that's just sensible GMing, right? He's using the tools to his advantage. And, and Andrew Ladd agreed to it. This isn't a whole, um, who's the guy from Chicago? Brian Bickle, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Who had like a $4 million deal or something like that. And they sent him down because they, not, they needed to create cap space. This isn't a cap space thing. They have space already, right? He was already on LTIR. They don't, actually don't have to take him off of that to send him down to the waivers. They don't have to take him off LTIR. They can keep him on there. Okay. So, like, they don't really save any more room than they actually did before. Or, and if they did, like, I think you said it was less than a million. Yeah, it was roughly a million. Yeah. I think it's like 4.4 4 and change. I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly. Let's just say that's right. That's nothing for them. Like, that's whatever. They, they're not, like, looking to, to save that extra $400,000 to go, like, yes, we could finally bring in, I don't know, some huge top six player. Yes, Andrew Ladd to waivers. No, they're doing this to, to get the guy the, the time that he needs to get to the place where he needs to be to become the player that we want him to be 
or hope he can be at some point. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, hopefully he gets healthy down there. Obviously, you don't want wish injury on anyone. But I think the point that we were trying to make here and the one that I, I definitely know that I was trying to make on Twitter was that the Islanders are in a position where they, they looked at this and said, well, we have better options. Why are we going to put a half-powered Andrew Ladd out there on the third line when everything is working right right now? There's no need to move him around. There there's no need to move players that are healthy around is what I want to say. Um, so they, they use the option available. Them. And Bridgeport could use that. Like He's got, what, seven points in five games, I think, over the last two seasons? It may not be that. It may be something different. Yeah, seven games over the last five, seven points over the last five games between the two seasons in Bridgeport. They're terrible right now. They're awful. So they could use a guy that can come, show some leadership, because they got a lot of young guys. Wallstrom, Mm -hmm. Durando, um, who am I thinking of again? Uh, Sorry? Koivula. Koivula, thank you. Holmstrom. They're all there. They're all young. They they could use a guy who's got a Stanley Cup ring, right? Remember that. He's got a Stanley Cup ring on his finger. And he's been in the league for 14 years. He knows a thing or two. And he's getting paid $5.5 million. <laughs> they have could want something. some of that. Yeah, have him do something. So, Andrew, how did you go through the 2016 free agency period? And how did you get Garcino to give you five and a half? Notes. Thank you. <laughs> yes. So you you say you have a ring on your finger. Perfect. I've got to get a ring. Like, they're just going to take notes like that. Perfect. That's exactly what they need. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, that that's honestly what we're... You know, it's tongue in cheek, but that that's what you want is you want him to be able to show them the ropes. Kind of what like Thomas Hickey is doing down there, no? If that's the best that we can get out of Andrew Ladd is, you know, teaching the young kids how to become professionals and to then maybe give us a little bit of production down the stretch, that's amazing. It, well, I shouldn't say amazing because there's always that hell elephant in the room of the $5.5 million a year we have to give him from now until the sun explodes. Yeah, but at least, like you said, you're getting something out of it. You're not just getting someone who is injured and unable to help in any way or someone who is significantly underachieving at the NHL level. At least, like you said, you can have that veteran in the room and have him show the Wallstroms and the Koivalas and the Holmstroms, those kind of guys, what it takes at the next level. And to me, that makes a little bit more sense than like, the Steve Bernays of the world, and no disrespect to him, but Andrew Ladd has had, you know, a, a lot of success at the NHL level and, and good production, and I think that has a little bit more value than yes, someone who has been like a, a borderline NHL player playing on the fourth line, but like someone who has like been there, done that, scored you know twenty five plus goals in a year, stuff like that. I think it makes a difference. It will make a difference, and it's. We're, we're making lemonade out of lemons here because, yeah, he is making five and a half million dollars. He is making that for a, a number of years. And he should, the, the positive that we're getting out of Andrew Ladd shouldn't be he's teaching the kids something in the AHL. The positive we should be getting out of Andrew Ladd is 50 points worth of production, right? Something around that. Yeah, you'd hope. But we're not getting that. So we're, we're making lemons out of lemon, lemonade out of lemons here. Right, and we're not justifying the contract, saying, oh, it's, uh, it's worth it, $5.5 million to teach the kids <laughs> in the so AHL? Not. Worth it? No, that's not what we're saying at all. We're saying, like, this is a doomsday scenario where we're just trying to make something happen <laughs> of positive force. Like, just anything in the, in the right direction and productive for Andrew Ladd would be really nice. Yeah, I 100% agree. All right, Mitch. So with that, when we come back, we're going to get into Thomas Grice and how much of a beast he's been since the start of the 2018-2019 season. All right. Welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast. This is Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Now we're talking Thomas Grice. And Mitch, is there more underappreciated goalie in the NHL than Thomas Grice? I don't think there is. No, there is not. It is Thomas Grice bar none. There's no one else. Maybe Darcy Kemper is close. Yeah. And is it like a close second because he plays in Arizona? But it's Thomas Grice because he's done this for two years now. Dar- Darcy Kemper has not. No. So here's the stat. We'll give you the stat courtesy of Natural Stat Trick. So I pulled the numbers in terms of five on five play. And, and we're excluding the guys who played like four games over over two years or seven games over two years. Like So a little significant sample size over the last two years. There is no one, zero goalies better, five-on-five save percentage than Thomas Grice. He has a 941. 
941. That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's insane. That's so ridiculous. And he's supposed to be a backup. Yeah. Oh, and he's second in goals against average, by the way. Jordan Bennington's in front of him, but that's the only goalie in front of him in goals against average. So th- there you go. Yeah, but but not my by much, obviously, right? Like his GAA this year for Grice is. Uh, well, I have it backwards. Oh God, I hit the wrong thing. Oh, what a dumb dumb I am. Uh, is a flat two, a flat two. That's pretty. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's damn good, Mitch. That's damn good. You're right. Um, it's just, and that's a, we're, we're talking about five on five. We're not talking about all situations. And the game is played primarily five on five. Of course. And he's dominating. I don't know what. Ha- Remember, three years, three years ago, three seasons ago, he was awful. Right? He had a what was it? A four fourteen goals against average. Four no, fourteen. We wrote at the time. Well, I know I wrote at the time that. You could have made the case that year in 2017, 2018, that he was the worst goalie in the league. You could have made that case. And that's not like, look, that's looking at it unbiased. I like Thomas Grice. He was very good for the Islanders before that. But just looking at that year, they couldn't use him down the stretch, Mitch. They were riding Yaroslav Halak, who wasn't all that much better. But, I mean, Grice was just terrible. They couldn't, he couldn't do anything. And then you bring in Mitch Korn, Piero Greco, and Barry Trotz, and the guy turns into one of the best goalies in the league. It's insane. It's it's wild. And you're you're right. He, like down the stretch, they couldn't use him in, in 16, 17. They just couldn't. Then they rode Halak, who they had to call back up from the AHL. Remember that? That was the year before. Oh, is it the year before? Oh, yeah. dang, I ruined my point. 16-17 was the year that they sent him down, but the really bad goalie year was 17-18. 17-18, you're the right. The Doug Waite yeah, year. The, the second weight year. 3-8-2 goals against average. A 4-14, go- uh, sorry, a 3-8-2. What am I, why is there two I, goals against averages here? For Grice? Yeah, I don't understand. There's this uh, adjusted goals against average I was looking oh. for, the 4-14. Sorry. Okay. It's just 3-8-2 goals against average, non-adjusted, and an 8-9-2 save percentage. Ridiculous. He had a negative 17 goals saved above average. So that means like, if you take all the goalies and, and, and find an average, how good is he compared to the rest of the field? He was a negative 17. Yeah, he was he was awful. I liked looking at that stat just because of how ridiculous it was, the goals saved above average. Uh, he, he was, and Halak too, they were brutally bad. And look, I mean, Halak has had a ton of success in Boston, and he was good with the Islanders before that year. It kind of goes to show you that maybe it was a problem with the system, Mitch. It was a system problem. It absolutely was. Um, I, I just want to bring up this goal saved above average thing one, one more time. because sure. This year he's at a 918, which is low, but he, he hasn't. we don't have a really good uh, handle on, on the full year. The sample sizes skew the numbers because it's an average. Um, but the... The bottom three goalies in goals saved above above average are Jonathan Quick, Sergei Bobrovsky, and Corey Schneider. Okay. Like, those are supposed to be the three best goalies in the league, and they're the worst goal saved above average with, like, negative 13, negative 10, negative 9. Thomas Grice is a plus 9. So, goal saved above average, he's, he's near the top. Near the top. It's... Wild when you start comparing the players and like these are supposed to be the three best goalies in the league. Like they're paying, they just paid Sergey Bobrovsky. What is it, ten million dollars a year for the next two billion years? It is. <laughs> it's like you said earlier, until the sun explodes. Yeah, just until like dinosaurs that. come back and then the sun explodes. Um, Sergey Bobrovsky is getting played by the Florida Panthers. They won't even be a franchise anymore. No, it's not. True. <laughs> um, and he's negative ten in terms of gold save above average. Thomas Grice making three point three million dollars. Is making it has a nine one eight in terms of gold save above above average, incredible. That that's an yeah. incredible type of juxtaposition where they value what you've done before. You know, yeah, Sergey Bobrovsky has two Vezinas, but how good is that holding up right now? Right, and he's is he younger than Grice? Yeah, I guess he is younger by yeah. Maybe Grice a year is or like thirty four, and and um, what's his face? Uh, Officer Bobrovsky is thirty, I believe, if yeah. not thirty one. But the fact remains, like that when the Islanders signed him at around the same time, it was not anywhere close to the contract that Bobrovsky's got. And for what, I mean, you can't really ask for a whole lot more from Thomas Grice, what he's giving you. Yeah, I, we understand that 2017-2018 was god-awful, like we said. But outside of that, he has been very, very, very good for this franchise. Uh, it's absolute. it's ridiculous how good he is right now. It's It's... 
I don't even have words to put it into into context because you've never seen this happen, right? We expected a fallback, right? We expected it to come back to earth a little bit. Maybe he he wouldn't be as good. Again, uh, he had a two two eight goals against unadjusted, a two two eight goals against average, and a nine twenty seven save percentage last season. We expected that to come down a bit, right? Somewhere around like. 915 save percentage and maybe like a 250 goals against average. No, Thomas Grice is like, screw that. I'm going to give you a 942 save percentage and a 188 save goals against average. Just wildly better. What? <laughs> he just went in the opposite direction. How is that possible? I, I genuinely don't know. Mitch, I want to do one more thing for you for this Thomas Grice, and you're not going to like it because you're middleman Mitch. So I'm oh putting boy. you on the spot. Yep. Gun to your head, I need an answer right now. Does he re-sign with the New York Islanders? No. I agree. I don't think he does. I think they, they're they going to stick with the plan. I think it's going to be Varlamov and Sorokin next year. I really do believe that. I, I don't think he doesn't want to. I would think he would love to stay here. But I think the Islanders, look, if they're ready to let Robin Leonard go, they're going to let him go for sure. Why, why wouldn't they? I think so. And it's going to be a little bit... Sad to see the Thomas Grice era come to an end. He was a very big piece of this Islanders team for a long time. The, he, outside of San Jose, he hasn't really stayed much. And even then, they stayed in one particular place too long. And even San Jose, he was there four years. Uh, seven, oh no, like five years. He didn't play in 08, 09. Uh, 07, 08, 09. Yeah. So like, he's been here longer and played at the NHL more consistently uh, than anywhere else he's ever stayed. So like, I think it'll mean a lot to him as well. I would doubt if it if it that it didn't. Uh, so so moving along to a new team is probably going to be tough for him. But at the end of the day, I think Lou's going to say we have this kid that we have to bring up, Thomas. Like you go get yours. You're going to get paid. I, I don't know for how long. Again, the guy's 34. Like it's hard to see a team going to be like, yeah, we'll give you four or three years even. Yeah, maybe get maybe gets a two year deal at like a five million dollar cap hit. Maybe. Maybe, maybe I would hope so. He deserves it. Yeah, he does, and but I just don't think the Islanders can allocate that kind of resource into into goalie. Having what uh, already five million dollar goalie in Varlamov, you're going to sign another five million dollar goalie. I don't mm, think he can uh, do that. No, I don't. I don't think they could do that. Well, they could. They could. They could bring back all three. Right? They've done that before. <laughs> no, we're not going through that rabbit hole again, Mitch. Can't do it. <laughs> Uh, so somebody else that I wanted to talk about who has played very, very well and has been relied on a ton is Adam Pellick. His ice time, Mitch, has absolutely skyrocketed this year. I want to pull up the numbers. But the reason why I brought this up was because I saw in, in a game recently he played, I think it was close to 25 minutes. And around this time last year, if you remember, he was playing like 13 minutes a night. So how he went from... Playing at that time, like I said, 13 minutes a night to, uh, yeah, it was against Buffalo. He played 24-42 against Buffalo, 25-57 against Pittsburgh in the overtime loss. This guy's averaging 21-38 of ice time. Last year was 18-38, and for a majority of the year, it was well below that 18 mark, too. So he is being relied on a ton, and he's answered the call, Mitch. He's... So every team needs needs uh, uh, one of those like Eric Carlson defensemen, right? The guys who can skate the puck through the neutral zone or out from the defensive zone and into the attacking zone and put up a bunch of points. But they also need a defenseman to play more defense, to be that kind of uh, sure hand back at home, right? Like when that guy goes marauding forward, we got a guy covering us that could make sure that the other team, I don't know, just, just can't get a puck on net or can't get into the slot or at least breaks up plays on the blue line. That's what Adam Pellick does. He's not going to kill you with points, but he's going to make sure that you don't put up on, on any on us. Yeah, and that's exactly, like you said, you need guys like that. You can't have six Ryan Pulaks or six Devon Tazes out there. Yes, you need those guys, 100%, but you also need, like you said, the guys like Adam Pellick. And I look at him and I watch him play, and he's just... Solid. He's just really good in his role, and that's what works in this Barry Trot system, is you don't need everyone to be a superstar. You just have to fulfill your role, and he does a perfect job of doing that. He's the, the modern version of a stay-at-home defenseman. He's not, when you when you take the term as it's meant to be, he's not like Hal Gill, right? This monstering guy who just, you know, like, 
can lay down and block the entire slot and no one can get in. That's not the type of the type of game that Adam Pellick plays. He's mobile. He could walk the line. He could protect the line. He could kill you in the neutral zone. He could you could play a physical game if he needs to. Like he's not a small kid, right? He is. I'm trying to bring it up here. Six three, two hundred eighteen pounds. That's not a he small big. person. No, that's a lot of man meat to move around, and. He'll staple gun you in the boards if he has to. He'll protect the net, but he can also bring the puck forward. He's not going to be, again, like a Ryan Pulak. He will not go on marauding runs. He's a safe hand at home, but he's a new version of this defensive defenseman that could combine almost like a hybrid defenseman. He could do just everything like well, just doesn't exceed at one specifically. That is the perfect way to describe it because I, th- I feel like saying that he's your prototypical stay-at-home defenseman is kind of a disservice to what he does because it's a little bit more than that. But like you said, he's not Letty, Taze, Pulak, someone like that. He- he's somewhere in the middle, He's and he doesn't excel at either of those things, but he's just solid. To me, that's the perfect word to use, just solid. He does his job, and, and that's it. He does his job, but he does it well, man. Like, he does it really... He's he's doing it even better, right? Like, he's... It seems that he's soaking up everything that Barry Trotz has to say and then just personifying it on the ice. Right. And that's something that we haven't seen in a long time. Someone who could excel at that role. Right? Like, we've had guys come in and be okay defensively and offensively. Uh, specifically, offensively. Uh, but we haven't had guys come in and just kind of... I could do everything. Like maybe Johnny Boychuk in that first year would be the yeah. best uh, best scenario, but uh, Adam Pellick is twenty five now. We had Johnny Boychuk when he was what twenty nine, thirty. Yeah, I think he was twenty nine when they traded for him. So and, and Adam Pellick just turned twenty five this summer. He's not going to be thirty for another five years. And That's we have crazy. him at, at what one point six million dollars for the next twenty or something like that. <laughs> I was just gonna pull it up. It's one point six million. I think it's the next two, two years. years after this. This year and next year. Oh, it's this year. Okay, there you go. So two years. So he'll be an RFA. He's still gonna be an RFA in twenty twenty one twenty two. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, he'll get paid in twenty two. He'll get. He'll be. He'll get five mil for sure. If he keeps this up. Yeah, if he um, keeps playing like how he is now, he'll probably get $5 million. You're probably right. But to have a number two defenseman make $1.6 million, like let, let's just calculate this out just for the hell of it because sure. it's fun to do. So the Islanders' top four is Ryan Pulak, Devin, or sorry, Ryan Pulak Adam Pellick, Devin Tays, Scott Mayfield, right? Uh-huh. Ryan Pulak's making two. Adam Pellick's making 1.6. Oops, I did 21.6. Oh, I can't type. And then we have Devin Taves, who's making 0.7, right? So $700,000. And then we have Scott Mayfield, who's making, what was it? 1.45. He's making it until 2022-23. So for this year, plus three more. Wow. That's insane. <laughs> plus 1.45. We have $5.75 million. So $250,000 less than a Johnny Boychuk for our top four. I love it. When you put it like that, that's just perfect. I love that. Our top four is less than Johnny Boychuk's cap hit. I'm not saying, I'm not using that to say like Johnny Boychuk isn't worth his money because he's earned the money he's making. He's not the same player he is, but no one expected him to be the same player he was when he's going to be 36 soon. Right. And and he's still good. Yeah, he's still solid. And that's the thing. Like the Islanders are in a position where they can get away with paying Boychuk this kind of money now because you have these other guys on their low cap hits. And Two years from now, they're not going to be able to afford to do this. No, exactly, because all these players, ostensibly, like if you, they all had to resign today, based off of their production and the way that their, their careers are going, you're looking at at least four four million dollar players minimum. Oh, at least you would think that Pelican Taves are probably around five million already. I would think if you were yeah. to, if you had to resign them today, Mayfield, maybe you can sell me on like four. Yeah, that that's a very it's a very Calvin DeHaan like type of contract for him, I would say. Yeah, and then Pulak's probably a closer to like seven, I would think. Somewhere between six and seven, sure. Yeah, not and, the five point seven five they're making combined right now. No, yeah, that's the thing, and that's why the Islanders are in a position where they could take advantage of that right now, as they should, and that that's good on them. That's good. That's good management. So, so, so do you still hate the Adam Pella contract? <laughs> No, but at the, 
at the time, look. Yes, at, at the, the time, time it was weird. I didn't like it because they were giving someone who was essentially their seventh defenseman long term. And my point then was they could find someone to do that job and not lock in like, oh, yep, this is going to be our guy for like infinity and beyond. <laughs> like that's a, a very replaceable position. That was the point that I was making then. That's why I didn't like giving that a, a you know a ton of term. Now, yes, that deal looks completely different. I'm not going to sit here and, and say otherwise. And he's been very, very good for the Islanders. But at the time, I don't think that was a crazy take. No, it, it it was weird for sure. Not the take, sorry. The contract is weird. Like you got this guy coming in who's a, a bottom six defenseman at that point, and you're going to give him a contract for five years, and you're going, "What are you doing? What are you seeing here?" And then he protects him at the draft, and he's at the expansion draft, and it doesn't it doesn't pan out just yet. But now we're seeing the player that he that I guess Garth Snow thought he was going to get at some point, just never had a coach to get this out of him. Right. And at that point he signed in, when was it? July of 2017. Right. So at that point, Adam Pellick had two years. Huh? He had two years played at at that point. I was, he had 53 games at the NHL level at that point. (laughs) He had two points in nine and 10 points in 44. So I just didn't, I, after that sample size, I didn't think, okay, this is worth giving four years. Again, I'm walking you back at this point. Yes, it turned out to be smart, but it was definitely a risk at the time. It paid off, but it was a risk. Would it have paid off if they didn't have Barry Trotz though? Probably not. Right. So that, that's the thing. Like the only reason you're walking it back is because they went and said like, Hey, we need a guy to coach in because we don't have a, a proper coach. We brought in a guy who has literally no coaching experience. He was an assistant coach, a guy that we just fired. That's his only coaching experience. The only guy he's ever worked for in terms of coaching. Yes. He's been around the league and around other coaches, but his only actual experience behind the bench was behind the bench with the guy we just fired. Let's yeah, give him the job. <laughs> that's kind of wild when you think of it like that, though. Right? And then they're like, yeah, it's probably not a good strategy long-term for some of the development of these kids. And then they're bringing a guy with a Stanley Cup, and lo and behold, Adam Pellick becomes a world beater. <laughs> Crazy how that works, right, Mitch? That's right. Wild. You know, yes, you, you might see talent, but that talent can't develop if you don't bring people to develop it. Absolutely. So with that, I want to get into the quiz segment. Let us do that. All right, I'm going to hit the music. As you all know, it is the Robin Sallow edition of the Eyes on Isles podcast. And what we like to do here is I will ask you, Matt, three questions on your boy, Robin Sallow. Just to see, just to make sure you know who he is and what he's done. I'm sure you already do. I'm sure you know everything about him, but Mm, just for the heck of it, let's figure this out. So question number one, what position would or does he play? Defense. That is correct. He is a left-handed defenseman. I just want to make sure I have that right because I don't know anything about him. He's a left-shooting defenseman. Question number two. What round was he selected in? He was selected in the second round with their first pick of that draft. Wow. Wow. You knew you were 2017. You you did some research. You did some research. It's just more recent. That is wild. Good job by you. You're right. That was their first pick in that year's draft because they gave it away in the expansion draft. Um, and they uh, they got him 46th overall. They didn't pick till number 46. Rough. Rough. Number three. Where is Robin Salo playing now? I'll take either the league or the team, but I would love for you to give me the team. You're on a roll here, buddy. God, where is he from? Hmm? Hmm? It's a European country. Okay. There's a lot of those. I know. Uh... Shoot. I'm going to say Sweden. on the planet. Sweden. No, he's playing in Finland for Saipa. Uh, he has eight points in 19 games right now. Okay. Um, had 16 points in 57 games last year for the same team. So good job by you. He's playing in the Liga in Finland. Uh, I was close, Mitch. I was very close. Uh, two out of three ain't bad, Meatloaf said. So there you go. <laughs> There we go. So uh, that's the little Robin Sallow edition. Love it. Yeah. Um, just another defensive prospect that they have out there that isn't really doing much for them. But you know what? If he pans out, then they could just say, hey, Robin, come on over. He's not too old. He's only 21. So you never know. 
Yeah, you definitely never know. So when we come back, we're going to get into the social segment and what's trending on Isles Twitter. Welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast, getting into the social segment now. Mitch, what do you got for us this week? Yeah, I got three things. Um, the first one came to me from Tom, the old Isles fan since 75, at Mass Tom, who sent me a pic of, oh, we sent it to a bunch of people, saying, look who I found on the train, exclamation mark, and it was Radar. Oh my God. I, I, what I would do to be on the same train car as Radar, you'd have no idea. I, any dog I, I see, I just immediately want to go pet them. But when it's a service dog, you're like, oh, I you can't. can't. It's the worst. It's the, the, uh, like the, a forbidden fruit. You want to, but you can't. <laughs> Radar, I, well, the last Islander game I went to, I was going to uh, the beverage stand and uh, I saw Radar on the way. And nice. that made me really happy. It's crazy how he, they're celebrities, both he and, and Tori. Um, but they are. They're, they're, they're huge figures and the, the, the work that they do and the work that the Islanders do with them or through them is invaluable. I, I love it. And plus they're dogs. Who doesn't like dogs? True. Very, I'm, I'm right there with you. I don't trust cat people. Mm, I like cats, but I, I'm definitely a dog person first. I have no problem with cats, but very much a dog person. There you go. Uh, so the one that I'm going to bring to you was a video and it was Matthew Barzal answering questions and it, and it's there's a lot from it he he says his favorite type of music is electronic which that's very broad well, what what do you like bro what is, is it do you like EDM do you like techno do you like dubstep doesn't do he like? say something about heavy rap as well no he doesn't like it and he said anything but heavy rap i think oh really okay wow that's pretty sure me. pretty sure okay uh nonetheless the highlight of this video though is he is talking about a nickname that he and Jordan Eberle use. And it's very funny. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but the name is Gary. They call <laughs> each other Gary on the ice. Both of them, they call each other that. And the context for it, it is even better. So apparently in Winnipeg, they used to call Andrew Ladd Gary for no particular reason. That is not his middle name. I don't know the context for as to why, but apparently the Islanders found out about it, and Matthew Barzal and Jordan Eberle, rightfully so, thought it was hysterical, and started calling each other Gary. And they say that on the ice. Like when they call for the puck, they're saying, Gary, Gary, or, or pass it. <laughs> Gary, or I'm open. Gary. <laughs> Just that image in my head of like the locker room of like the team hazing Andrew Ladd about Gary is, I don't know, it brings me a ton of joy. Do you think it secretly bothers him? Oh, 1,000%. He doesn't like being called Gary. No way. <laughs> Maybe he does. So uh, shout out to the Eyes on Isles comment section on this one because um, when I posted the piece, someone commented saying like it's from the Big Lebowski in the bar scene at the end. Now, truth be told, I have not seen the Big Lebowski. I, in the comments, I say I'm going to and I haven't got around to it yet because that, I'm really a, bad at finding enough time to do that. It's a good movie. That's a, I'm surprised you haven't seen it. It's a very 90s movie. That's a staple. I know. Movie. I've never I've never got around to seeing it. I, it's not that I don't want to see it. I just never got around to doing it. I used to work at a movie store for years. And I never yeah. I never dawned on me to watch it. That's a little surprising. So I'm going to find I'm going to carve some time out and watch this 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 movie cuz not only for the Gary thing, but specifically for the Gary thing, but just because it's the Big Lebowski and apparently it's a really good movie. One thousand percent. So that's my my homework this weekend is to carve out a couple hours to watch The Big Lebowski. It's worth it. It's a very good movie. Perfect. Okay, I will do that. Uh, my next one is from uh, if I can get it to open. It's from Isles SUV or Isles White SUV. Uh, so R.I.P. to uh, the SUV no longer being at bar- the Barclay Center. It says uh, I joked for years about him being a robot. I always said. It kidding around, but now I'm convinced he's really a robot. No human does this. And it's a gif of John Tavares on the bench. Do you want me to send you the link so you can watch it in real time with me? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I'm sending you the link here. So you go out there and watch it. It's from at Isles White SUV. Uh, he tweeted that out. He or she tweeted that out on November 10th at 11.14 p.m. And it's John Tavares on the bench. Uh, and he's... Doing this like weird grimace thing, like yeah, like he's trying to smile. The eyebrows go up, and then he gives it a like, uh, like he's practicing how to smile. The the link is loading right now. It's taking a second. Second, I have a million tabs open. So that's and it's thinking. terrifying. Oh my god! Right? <laughs> oh oh! My god. 
I'm surprised by this gift, Mitch. I can't look away. He's like, let me try to smile. And his eyes are like, oh, my God, this is not how humans smile. Abort, abort, abort. Like, I'm sure he just got like a stick to the face. And, you know, when you, you get tense and you're just trying to like work out the muscles, yeah, I'm yeah. sure that's exactly what he's doing. But it perfectly feeds into the robot narrative. Absolutely perfectly fits in because they're right. This is not the face as a regular human being means. Ever. No, absolutely not. Uh, so I did have a, another one. And for me, it was Josh Bailey. I want to give a, a, a little shout out to Josh Bailey. He tied Bob Bourne for most, well, he's moving up the ranks in games played for the Islanders. So fifth, tied for fifth all time, I believe now. Wow. Yes. Really? It's from Eric Kornick. It says, hey, Josh Bailey. Bob Bourne missed parts of the 84-85 season due to injury. By season's end, he had fallen to fifth on the Islanders' games play list behind Brian Trottier. He has been fifth for over 34 years until tonight when he was tied by Josh Bailey. That's insane so I'm gonna, when you think about I'm gonna that. I'm going to spin this into a question for you. Okay. Does Josh Bailey get his number retired by the Islanders? No. You don't think so? Not why would he? He's played a ton of games. I mean, if you're, I'm sure anyone ahead who's in the top four probably has their jersey retired. Yeah, but they don't have their jersey retired because they've played a, a bunch of games for the Islanders. They have their jersey retired because they've got a ton of personal accolades because they've won Calder trophies. They've won Stanley Cups as as teams. Like, look at the numbers that are retired. None of those guys are just like they played a ton True. of games. They did. But they did things win True, those games. But if you had to say one since the dynasty era, Josh Bailey's probably that guy, no? no? Really? Okay. So if you had to pick one player for post dynasty era to get their jersey retired, it wouldn't be Josh Bailey? If Tavares had still been here, would it have been? But it's, it's not. Yes, that's the easy answer. So, so then, so then no it's one? no one. It, okay. it was Tavares and no one. Why would you retire Josh Bailey? Hey, we put a guy's jersey in the Raptor because he played a bunch of games for us. With Lou Lamorell at the helm, there's going to be no numbers left. I mean, yeah, that's true. Five, 22 are already gone, then 19. That's it, yeah. <laughs> that's three of a, like, a possible 30. Yeah, okay. All right, I thought you could maybe make the case for it, but I guess we'll just shoot Matt's ideas down. That's fine. Well, you, you can make the case for it. You're just not being successful no, with no, it no, for that, me. That's okay. I get it. So let's just talk about this right now just sure. super quick. The top five, the top five, I wanted to say four and five at once. The top five in terms of games played is Brian Trache at 1123. So 1,123 okay. games played for the Islanders. Denny Podfe at 1,060. Bob Nystrom, 900. Clark Gillies, 872. And then Josh Bailey at 814. Wow. Jeez, good on him. So Bailey is what, like uh, eight? Oh, I want to bring up a calculator. Can we do the math quick on that? Like, how many games is he away from being the third overall? Or, sorry, fourth overall? I I, I don't know. I, I'm stumped. 58. 58. Okay, so next year. This year? He can, I, he can make I, it this I, I year. Guess. He plays a full season I, I this year. I don't like math. Why do you always do this to me? Why? Every time, you're like, let's do, let's give Matt a math problem. Let's get, put him in the most uncomfortable situation possible. And you let him embarrass himself. Next year, he could be the third overall. He could reach Bob Nystrom in 86. In 86 games. 86 games? He plays another 86 games. He will reach 900, which is currently held by Bobby Nystrom. Okay. So, still, you don't give this guy a a, a retired number because he played a bunch of games for you. You just don't. At least not for me. If someone else wants to make the case like you that all right, go for it. If you're if you're the deciding committee, I won't bat an eyelash. I'm a believer, but <laughs> I, I'm not putting it up there just because he played a ton of games for us. Okay, I'll all right. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. What okay. else you got? Uh, my last one is uh, from it's all Twitter because again I don't exist on, on Instagram even though I have one. It's from at Jen's Day. Jen's Day Adams, sorry Jen, anyways, uh, at J-N-N-S-D-A-Y-A-D-D-A-M-S, who just recently got married. And they say, hey, at New York Islanders, in case you missed it, uh, our wedding was Isles Obsessed. And it was. The groom has an Isles tattoo on his calf, 
which is amazing. Awesome. And on the cake topper has a Islanders pin, I guess, on one of the leaves. And I don't know what the M is for. I'm sorry, Jen. Uh, that's a Michigan or the Monmouth, Mormouth, whatever the heck that is. I, I'm zooming in on the picture to try to bring it in. Monmouth, I guess it's a college. That or something. is a college, yeah. Okay, is it Monmouth? There, Did I get that super there, wrong? I don't know what the pin looks like. So it's just a blue M. Could be Michigan. No, well, it says Monmouth oh, at the so bottom. Then, yeah, of Monmouth is a college. Then. I don't know. It said Monmouth on the bottom. Yeah, that's a college. No, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, congrats on the nuptials. Uh, looked like it was the bomb diggity. Uh, also, Isles themed is a good way to go. I was not allowed to do my wedding Isles themed, even though I tried. Did you? I I brought it up. I was shut down. Yeah, I don't really see that going over too well if I ever tried to do that with uh, someone that I was trying to marry. <laughs> yeah, if if they're not on board, <laughs> it's not going to go no, well. Yeah, nonetheless, but I guess that's goals. That's goals. That's true. Just that find yourself someone who will let you have an Isles themed wedding because that's the bomb. If you're out there listening, let me know. <laughs> there you go. That's all I have. That was my last one. All right. One. So with that, thank you so much for tuning in. So we're going to do a couple of plugs before we get out of here. Wherever you are listening to the show, please make sure to subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff. You can also follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS. My personal Twitter is at Matt O'Leary and why Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. You can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. You can visit the website, eyesonisles.com for all your New York Islanders needs. Or if you prefer, you can get the app available for iPhone or Android. That's the Eyes on Isles app. And of course, if you are looking for more Islanders content, you can subscribe to the Patreon, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. Mitch, episode number 117 in the books. It was a fun one. It was. I can't wait for number 118. And then you get maybe more than two, right? Maybe you get all three questions right on the draft because it's that maybe, recent. Hopefully. That would be uh, pretty nice. <laughs> Thank you, you so much for tuning in. I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. We'll talk to you next time. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.